The following podcast is intended for general information and entertainment purposes only. It should not be substituted for professional, medical, or psychological advice. Before beginning or changing a treatment plan, please consult your local healthcare professional. To a special bonus episode of Biopsychosocial, the podcast, as opposed to the movie. I'm Kayla, a therapist, as you know by now, probably, and I am joined this time by my sister, Alexis. Hello, everyone. I'm back at it in the uh, basement <laughs> at the air hockey table. See, nothing changes. It's a different person, same location, pretty yep. much. So, how are you doing on this lovely evening? I'm fantastic. We've just eaten dinner, so yes. I feel satiated Yes, and ready to go. Although my brother-in-law did inform us after the fact that there was bread, which I'm pretty upset about. He forgot to serve the bread. It's rude. I'm like Oprah. I love bread. Um, so today we're going to talk about a very spicy topic. It was spicy. Yes. I like it. <laughs> How familiar are you with French extremist horror films? I have zero information regarding <laughs> that topic. Okay, so in 2007, so, oh, I, I should say this first. So what I mean by extremist horror, as you can imagine, um, they're horror films that involve, like, a lot of gore. Okay. And so if you're a horror fan, and especially if you're a gore hound, definitely check check out that genre because you'll like it. So not me is what you're saying. Yes, yeah, stay away. Nope. Um, so there was this movie made in 2007 called à l'intérieur or I, I love that french accent you yes have. inside is what it means oh okay like all of us right now yes we're all inside <laughs> but not not quite so it's about a, a woman who is pregnant and okay. she's at home by herself i think on like christmas eve or something like that and another woman breaks into her house and tries to take the baby from her womb that's every pregnant woman's worst nightmare yeah um, Why are you home on Christmas Eve by yourself, girlfriend? Yes. And, well, none of us are in a womb right now. <laughs> Unless you're we listening while you're pregnant and your baby can hear. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Hi, babies. So the first ever death or the first ever recorded case of uh, what's called fetal abduction or fetal kidnapping happened in Philadelphia in 1974. So the first known case was when Winifred Ransom, who was 36, butchered Margaret Sweeney, who was 26, and attempted to take her fetus from her. So Winifred was unable to have children of her own. So she met and befriended Margaret at a millinery store. Do you know what that is? I have no idea. It's a hat (laughs) shop. Oh. Uh, When Margaret was eight months pregnant with her fourth child. Winifred eventually invited Margaret over to her home. Margaret brought her 18th... (laughs) 18-month-old daughter, Tammy, along with her. Demi. <laughs> Demi. The side there is that our we had a little cousin that used to have a doll that she carried around everywhere. And she called it Tammy, but she had a really deep voice. So she would always say, Demi. Demi. <laughs> so uh, Margaret, her, like I said before, she had um, four children. And so the two older children were at the time living with their father in New Jersey. So she went over with her um, daughter. Winifred followed Margaret upstairs when Margaret said she was feeling unwell. There, Winifred struck her 80 times 
or I'm sorry, 20 times. Oh my God, 80. But still, with a hatchet. So oh, okay. It doesn't really matter how 80, many times. 80, 20, too many. Yes. Uh, which knocked her unconscious, one would hope. Mm-hmm. And the article said, quote, successfully performed a cesarean section on her. I mean, I wouldn't call it a C-section. No. But okay. Like, you, it's not like she opened a, her YouTube app in 1974 and said, how to perform a C-section. Yeah. So at one point, Margaret awoke during this, quote, procedure. Ugh. And thankfully, Winifred knocked her out again. Thankfully. Once the baby was born, Winifred shot Margaret three times and buried her beneath her kitchen floor with the help of her 27-year-old nephew. <gasps> He was like, oh, I'm not doing anything else today. Yeah, you know, oh, you need help burying somebody beneath your floor? I'm over. Here I come. Sure. And then it was like the telltale heart, I guess. You know, I like guess. in that story where he shows. But what happened to the 18-month-old? Do we know? We're getting there. Okay. All right. My um, mom, glad, worry. I'm glad that you're concerned for her. I am. Um, so the, poli- the police began looking for Margaret when Tammy was found and taken in by Good Samaritans. Okay, good. Who wanted to adopt her. They were so concerned about her well-being. They were alerted to Margaret's murder by Winifred's common-law husband. She, uh, Winifred, asserted to him that the baby was hers, and Margaret tried to steal the baby. I mean, you couldn't tell I was pregnant. It's like one of those TLC shows, like, I didn't know I was pregnant until the baby came out. Exactly. Via cesarean section in our bedroom. And he was like, I don't think that's true. Yeah. (laughs) So he went to the police. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, the premature little girl survived the ordeal and was given to her grandparents in New Jersey. Oh, that's good. So psychologist Jan Grossman testified that Winifred's infertility caused a psychotic episode resulting in the murder and fetal abduction. Winifred was acquitted on grounds of ins- insanity and released from a mental hospital 17 months after the murder. What even? Psychiatrists tried to get her released three times before their appeal was finally granted. They reported that she was compliant with treatment and her schizophrenia or psychosis was under control. The presiding judge, Judge Stout, I couldn't find any more details on him or her, uh, said that these said to these individuals, if you discharge her, she is your responsibility and not mine. I really cannot stand how, in all the circumstances of this case, you can recommend discharging Miss Ransom to go out into the community and resume normal life. I mean, that was probably a lady. That. <laughs> that's what i thought i mean either way that person was bad but here's the thing it's like you're a judge so can't you deny the appeal? exactly like don't you have the authority to right. do that here's my authority, yeah, my authority. <laughs> <laughs> jesus we've been inside too long yeah um you would think that he or she right feeling that way would just be like sorry you have to stay yeah get over it you're you killed someone mm-hmm so in 2010 in Virginia, Tika Adams had a similar ordeal, and this was featured on the show I Survived. Um, so you know what happens to her. She survives. Yeah. I've heard this one before. Spoiler alert. Yes. So Tika's story follows a theme that we'll see over and over. A woman who is pregnant and in need bef- befriends another woman who purports to be selling baby items. Tika met her attacker, Veronica Deramus, I think is how you say it, at a homeless shelter as Tika was trying to get back on her feet. So Veronica offered her baby clothes. Once there at her apartment, Tika was stunned with a blow to the head by a fire poker. Veronica tied her up and held her captive in her apartment for four days before attempting to cut the baby from her womb. 
And if I remember the show correctly, I saw it like a really long time ago, but I think there was like a specific Michael Jackson song playing like while she was tied up. And so now like when she, whenever she hears it, it's a trauma trigger for her. It's like a trigger, yeah. I mean, I would hate to have Michael Jackson ruined in that way. I know. Well, some songs kind of been ruined in other ways. I mean, okay, it's music. All right. (laughs) Not the human being. Um, So obviously, Veronica did not do a good job at the C-section, quote, Mm C-section. And Tika's intestines began spilling out along with her uterus. She managed to escape and while attempting to hold her insides in, was able to get assistance from one of Veronica's neighbors. Like, thank like, God she didn't run into me. I would be I, like, look, I, I, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't look at you. Sorry about your current predicament, but I mean. I would have probably just passed out. <laughs> I mean, being a mom now, like, I've I've seen a lot of things. Sure, So yeah. I can kind of handle a lot of things, but I'm not sure someone holding their own intestines no. would be one of the things I could handle. No, I would pass out. I would be like, honey, you just stay right there. I'll call 911. <laughs> I would pass out and then Tika would have to call an ambulance for me. <laughs> I mean, probably. So she kicked ass, and both she and her baby, named Miracle, survived. Good for her. Present day, or closer to present day, Marlon Ochoa Lopez in Chicago of 2019 was murdered by 46-year-old Clarissa Figueroa and her daughter, 24-year-old Desiree. So the pair lured Marlon to their home with the promise of exchanging toys and supplies for the baby they met on Facebook. Of course. Desiree distracted her with pictures on her phone, and Clarissa snuck up behind her and strangled her, and then they cut the baby out again via cesarean section. I guess Clarissa called 911 hours later because he was not breathing. It was a good amount of time before it was revealed that the baby was not hers. So I think in that article it said, like, she took the baby to the hospital, or she called 911 and the baby was transported to the hospital, and no one questioned the fact that, like, she didn't look like she had just given birth yeah. at all. Um, so the hospital came under fire for, like, not alerting the police, not calling DCF or CPS or whatever. Not, like, questioning her and being like, no. did this child just come out of you? Or no. So the baby boy, JDL, was on life support following the traumatic birth with his father and his whole family by his side. He died later in June due to severe brain injury, probably from the lack of oxygen, I would imagine. But there have been several cases like this all over the United States since 1974. There was Michelle Wilkins in Colorado in 2016. Her baby died, but she survived. There was Savannah Greywind from North Dakota. She was 22 and did not survive, but her baby Halsey Joe did. So it's rare Obviously, thank God, but common enough that it has the name fetal abduction. So Kenna Quinnett, a criminal justice professor and expert on this topic, coined the term, quote, motherhood by proxy. I mean, enough of the by proxies. Okay. Well, that and like. You're not mother just because you take someone else's human being out of them. Yeah, that's not how that works. No. A mother is someone who, not even necessarily someone who gives birth, but somebody who loves and raises a child. Yeah. Okay, this idea is echoed by the FBI, citing that Megan, I guess, her name, it's spelled really stupid. Oh, okay. <laughs> Megan, M-A-G-E-N, Megan Fieramuska, oh, okay. who kills her friend, Heidi Broussard, and stole her three-week-old baby in Austin, Texas. Uh, and the FBI said that she was driven by, quote, maternal desire. So one characteristic that all fetal abductors have in common is that they have a strong desire to be mothers, obviously. 
I think and <laughs> Jordan and I always talk about um, having another podcast where we like inform women about things like your hymen or like um, your reproductive health or yeah. other stuff like that. We probably would also talk about the societal pressure to become mothers because it's really intense. Mm-hmm. So I could see a general societal pressure or maybe a pressure that comes from a family or culture being powerful enough that it causes someone already struggling with mental illness to become delusional and consider this a viable route to motherhood. I mean, so my husband and I have been together for like 11 years. And before we were even engaged, I remember at every family gathering, his grandma was like, when am I going to have a great grandbaby? Mm -hmm. And it was like, what? Like, what? We're not even engaged Uh to be married yet. But that was just like her thing. She just like assumed that whenever you were with somebody, you were going to have babies. Right. It do be like that. She also had, like, nine children of her own, so that's (laughs) probably why she assumed everyone wanted to have lots of babies. Well, I I mean, I have the same experience, right? So I don't want to have kids. And people range from being completely incredulous to, like, getting offended at that for some reason. And, you know, I always get the response of, like, oh, you'll want them someday. But at this point, I'm like, I'm almost 31. I think think we've made the decision now. Like, if you wanted them, you would have known by now. Yeah, exactly. Um, I really like the comeback of, like, when people are like, why don't you want kids? Which is a really rude question. Don't ask anybody that. Yeah, That's don't really rude. That. Because you might get an answer like, oh, I don't have kids because I'm infertile or something like that. But anyways, mm-hmm. um, my favorite response to why don't you want kids is um, because the family curse dies with me. I mean, that would probably make people wonder. Yes, it's very mysterious, right? It is. And it also makes them shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> But there are many, uh, many, if not most women are able to channel this maternal desire, if you want to call it that, in healthy ways by nurturing pets, plants, friends, family, by adopting or fostering children, volunteer at a boys and girls club, for God's sake. Come hang out with your niece and nephew and play, <laughs> what did he, what did they make you play? The Hatchimals game or something? Yeah, they made me play Hatchimals um, until Haley got bored. Yep. Like five minutes into it. Mm-hmm. So, Winifred was an exemption in that she was infertile, but in nearly all 30 cases that have occurred so far, yikes, in the United States, the women were once mothers who had lost children in the past. So the article I found on Medium posits that the murderers or attempted murderers exhibit narcissistic traits and are manipulative, part of their motive being that they wish to get attention or keep their partners from leaving them. Kind of reminds me of, I don't know if you've ever seen this before, but there are definitely um, pregnant women who sell positive pregnancy tests on, like, Facebook and stuff like that. That's pretty terrible. Yeah, it's awful. I mean, a good way to make a quick buck. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I do not support trapping your partner with no, pregnancy. Do not do that. That is not a way to it's have horrible. a successful relationship. Right. And then what? What do you, then what happens when they figure out you're not pregnant? Like, when you don't start vomiting every morning right. or, like, eating a ton and gaining a belly. Clarissa Figueroa and her boyfriend started a GoFundMe for funeral expenses for the baby that they stole. So that was kind of their example of these women being, like, manipulative yeah. and narcissistic. Um, yep. I have, like, a thing with GoFundMes. Like, I, I feel like it started out with good intentions. Oh, yeah. But now people use it for, like, the most ridiculous things. And it's like, it's just like putting a bad vibe to me with like mm-hmm. the things that are good with the people who are being shady. Yeah. And it's too bad because there are people on there who legitimately use it. Exactly. Who um, need it. Right. 
Um, and I think the other problem too is like, like Clarissa was using this for the baby that she pretended was hers. So people do that all the time. Like if there was, God forbid, if there was like a house fire in town, I could put up a GoFundMe stating that I'm the family who lost the house. And like no one has any way to fact check that. Right. And people are so well-intentioned that they want to help. So they'll give money, but you always have to be very careful with that kind of stuff. And if, if you want to donate, donate to charity, like that have good reputations on their Mm -hmm. website (laughs) or from their website, they'll direct you to their own GoFundMe. So just be careful. Don't be taken advantage of because you have a good heart. So on Clarissa Figueroa's Facebook, it demonstrated damning evidence that her crime was premeditated. So she had posted for months before the murder that she was pregnant when she was not. Like I was going to say before, this can be psychosomatic with a woman's body can change going as far as forming a baby bump, ceasing menstrual cycles and causing women to lactate. Like if she truly believes that she's pregnant. So it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, brains are wild. I mean, <laughs> So I'm just going to aside here because we're coronavirusing. And yes. I think I told you that your niece said this the other day. Yes. <laughs> so we've been trying to keep it to a minimum of like how dire the situation is with right. like grocery stores and things being out. But like if I watch the news, they hear it. So the other day we were at the table and Haley asked me if I was going to be able to make booby milk in case <laughs> there was no more mo- milk at the store. <laughs> And I just didn't really know how to explain to four-year-olds how, but maybe if I, like, get it in my head enough that I need to lactate, maybe I can. <laughs> just for her. Hey, there are women who still breastfeed their, like, five-year-olds, so. I know, but I haven't done it in several years. So yeah. Like, I don't think they work anymore, but. I mean, and maybe if I'm, like, if I set my mind to it, maybe I can do it. <laughs> well, maybe you can buy it off Facebook. No, that's I mean, wrong. I'm sure I probably could. <laughs> So the FBI warns pregnant women or women with babies to practice basic internet safety and be cautious of strangers. Essentially, continue practicing stranger danger. Fetal kidnapping is incredibly rare with less than one case per year, and children who are abducted, unfortunately, are likely to be abducted by those who they know or are related to. That's sad. So that is fetal kidnapping, which is a horrific term to begin with. Um, I remember everyone I had told that I was going to do this as a topic, I would be like, oh, I'm doing, um, I'm doing fetal kidnapping. And they'd be like, what? <laughs> like, how do you even kidnap a fetus? And they would, they would like repeat it back to me. Uh, fetal. Yes. Yes. Kidnapping. Yes. Fetal kidnapping. Yes. That's what I said. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's crazy to think that anyone would even want to do that like you wake up one day and be like i think i'm gonna snatch a baby but from inside cut a baby out of someone let me see how i could do that i can't i mean no i can't even imagine getting in into that headspace nope nope can't do it nope and like my like i had two c-sections there's a lot involved in a c-section so to just be like you know what i'm gonna cut a baby out of somebody like there's a lot of steps uh-huh. How do you do... you just like, I'm going to buy a scalpel and just like slice through some shit. Not and even. get a baby out. They're just like, look, um... Well, I don't know. There's like a sharp edge <laughs> over here on this can. Let's yeah. use that. Um, I mean, never mind like the 20 years of medical school that an obstetrician goes through right? in order to perform that kind of a surgery. It's not something that you can just like Google. I mean, you probably could Google it. I don't want to. Pretty much everything is on Google. 
but I wouldn't want to either. Or maybe like WebMD. Yeah. Um. So ask me a random question this time. Hmm. What is what's been your favorite activity that you've been doing in your house since you've been? I mean, you're not really I'm you're not, not really quarantined <laughs> because I'm this? essential. So you I'm are essential, but like since this like. What is it? he said? Like stay, stay safe, stay home, yeah, or something like that's that. The that's initiative. like the like Connecticut trying to say like shelter in place, but yes. like we're not going to really. He's say trying that. to make it fun. I think. Yeah. Stay I mean, safe. It's not fun. Stay home. It's not fun. Okay, what's your, Ned. What's your favorite thing that you've been doing in your home? Well, see, the thing is, is that I'm an introvert, so like quarantining is just what I normally yeah. do on me. You've been like training for this your whole <laughs> yes. life. In fact, like the last couple of weekends, I had social stuff to do both days. Um, so this is the first weekend where like yesterday I just, I did nothing. Like I stayed at, in my house all day, but I need that to recharge. Um, mm-hmm. so it works out really well for me. But anyways, I would imagine, I keep thinking of what I would do if I was locked up in the house all the time. <laughs> I didn't have to do work. Um, and I could imagine I would probably start reading again. Cause I feel like I just, I'm so exhausted by the time I get home from work. That's the last thing I want to do. And Work can also be really emotionally draining, so sometimes I just want to do something completely mindless, you know? I've had divisions of grandeur with the reading, too. And then by the time I get the kids in bed, I'm like, no, let me just, you know, turn on some reruns. What book were you reading last before? Oh, I started, I I still have not finished Stay Sexy and Don't Get Murdered. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um. I've had it since my birthday in July, so we're just going to throw <laughs> yeah. that out there. Um, but since I've started doing the audiobooks, I've gotten through, like, four books. Huh. Just, like, listening yeah. in the car. That makes it easy. I think I've kind of turned the corner to, like, that's... And, like, my library, I, like, they, like, you can, like, Google, or not Google, but, like, search things mm-hmm. in the library, mm-hmm. and if they don't have it, you can, like, recommend that they buy yeah. it. So, like, I, like, recommended Chase Darkness with me, mm-hmm. and um, there was a couple other ones, so. We'll yeah, a lot of people don't know that. If you live in the United States you're, and you have a, a library card, your public library probably has access to ebooks and audiobooks online. Um, so that's definitely, because your library, library is probably closed. That's definitely something that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually just thinking today that I really needed, um, it's, some like escapism. So I've been playing Animal Crossing and you have no idea what that is. I don't. I'm looking at you like, uh, Okay. Um, so it's a, a Nintendo game, but it's, oh my God, it's like the cutest little Japanese game where you are a, per- a human, but you live in like a little village with a whole bunch of animals and you just like collect stuff and like talk to people and it's so chill and it's so cute that I think it's, it dropped on Friday, and I think that's just what everybody needed. Yeah. But I also have been thinking about um, picking up... I was reading Circe by Madeline Miller, which is a, her fictionalized version of, like, the myths about the goddess Circe. Um, and that was some pretty good escapism, too. So... All right. I think I need to pick that up again. Yeah. Reading is, like, fantastic. What is that? My dogs are running around upstairs. Oh. Yes, everybody read. What did John Waters say? If somebody takes you home and they don't have books, don't fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody should have told me that before I got married because my <laughs> husband doesn't read. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he had some cookbooks that his mom gave him. So That's fair. 
He does know how to cook. He's a pretty he's good cook. He's a pretty decent cook because he loves to eat. Yes. <laughs> so he sure does need to know how to cook. Um, we also got an air fryer for, well, yes. I got an air fryer for Christmas. And if, listen, listeners, if you do not have an air fryer, order one on Amazon because you can't go to the store. I was going to no. say go get one, but Amazon that shit because you can air fry anything and it makes it taste delicious. Mm-hmm. We do like green beans and cauliflower in there and the kids mm. love it because it's crunchy. Yes. So good. Keeping it healthy. Yep. Um, I use my Instapot a lot, which you mm-hmm. got me. And it makes me dinner in like 20 minutes, which is perfect because I'm too lazy to take longer than that. Oh, my God. Yeah. And like for a busy, like working yes. professional, like you when you get home, you don't want to mm-hmm. cook. Mm-mm. Just throw that shit in the Instapot. Yep. Have you heard any true crime news? Oh, there was a, a two bodies found in Bristol. I saw that. And it was like one after the other, like one day, one one day and then one the next yes. day. This is, I mean, you know what I was just thinking about before is because I, I still want to go hiking. It's spring in the Northern Hemisphere, so it's starting to get really nice and I want to spend the time outside, which all of you listening who are in quarantine, if if you can leave your house, I don't know what it's like anywhere else, but um, definitely go outside, get some fresh air and sunshine. It's good for your mental health. But mm-hmm. I know the Connecticut D-E-D-E-E-P yeah. <laughs> says that... Um, People should be doing solitary activities outside. So if you, but like, all I'm thinking about is like, that's a serial killer's dream is that, oh, the, all these people are going to be hiking by themselves. Let me just hide in the bushes. Yeah, exactly. For them to come. I'll hike in solitary or I'll hide <laughs> in, ho- in solitary yes. to find these people who are by or, themselves. The rule is that you have to keep a distance of six feet. Like, what do you both like? You both have like a yardstick. Yeah. <laughs> you just touch yardstick. Six feet apart. Stop. <laughs> and like, if you're a parent, you can't no, keep your you kids don't. six feet away from you. Like no. you saw that my kids were like on top of you. Yes. <laughs> Haley was like spitting in my face. They don't understand social distancing or personal space. No. Um, no, but I'm not. I mean. I agree with the order to like stay away from crowds and stuff like that. I'm not I'm not saying not to do that or not to take it seriously, but I don't know if I could go hiking by myself. I don't think I could. It's scary. It's scary and like like what if you get lost? I don't know. Like I'm not real good at directions. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then you like are really quarantined. <laughs> well then you're in all the woods. Because there's probably no uh COVID in the middle of the woods. No, but there's bears. So so I'd rather a bear, I think. Uh, I don't point. know. I don't know. <laughs> My neighbors, by the way, and I joined, I don't know if you know what Nextdoor is. Yes. Yeah. So it's just like a, a social networking website for people in your neighborhood. Um, and probably for the last couple of months, every freaking day, someone posts about, there are coyotes roaming around my yard, or I saw a bear down the street. I'm like, yep, you live by the woods. Yeah. Like, what do you expect? You live in nature. <laughs> Imagine if we did that here. Like, we live legitimately yes. in the middle of the woods. There's like a beaver. We have a beaver lives. living in our pond. Yep. Bastard. Uh-huh. We're trying to get him. So you got to get on next door and be like, there was a beaver in the pond <laughs> today. There was a beaver. We named our beaver Justin. Justin Beaver. Justin Beaver. Because <laughs> we thought that was funny. Um, and he just like swims around with sticks and, yeah, you know. They're very chill. One time I was hiking and I I happened upon one. And first of all, they're huge. Yep. And second of all, I got really close to it and it just kept like chewing on its wood. It yeah, it's like care. just chewing its stick. The only worry we have is that they make sticks into basically spears because yes. they chew off the ends of them. 
Um, so if one of us falls in the yard, we will be impaled. <laughs> yes. That's our only worry. Um, but otherwise, you know, he's just minding his business there, hanging out in the pond, building yes. his little dam. Oh, do you know what I wanted to talk about? It was that, so Brene Brown came out with a podcast. Well, it was up on Apple Podcasts a really long time ago, but the first episode came out yesterday and she touched on like the current crisis. And I don't know if you're familiar with Brene Brown's like Vaguely. the work that she does, but she talks a lot about like connectedness and vulnerability and, and stuff like that. So she talked a lot about um, what it's, what it's like kind of for all of us collectively going through this crisis right now. And I think that she had some really good advice for it, which is to check in with yourself and the people that you care about um, and just ask them for like one word, give me one more check in. Um, so like one word to describe how you're doing right now. Um, and also, and I said this in one of our recent episodes, is that one thing you're grateful for. So what's one thing that you're grateful for? I would have to say just my family, the support mm-hmm. that I'm getting from my family through all this. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a really close-knit family, obviously, yes. you know that. And just, like, everybody checking in and being, you know, like, genuinely concerned yes. for each mm-hmm. other. Um, it just really shows me, like, how much love and support we have. And I think that's, like, the biggest thing I'm yes. grateful for right now. Because I have anxiety, and so mm-hmm. I'm a very anxious mm-hmm. person. And my husband's in law enforcement, so he worked 80 hours this mm-hmm. week. And I spent a lot of time alone with my kids. Um, and, like, being anxious about things and just like having people check in with me. It just mm-hmm. made yes. me feel better. So. Yes. Check in on everybody. Yeah. Um, What's your thing you're grateful for? Thing that I'm grateful for. I'm really thankful that it's finally spring because I, so vulnerable moment for me, but I struggle with seasonal depression and it almost like disappears once it's springtime. And I think it's partly because there's more sun out, um, but it's just like everything comes back to life. And it's such as weird, like, this is me getting like philosophical right now, but it's such a weird juxtaposition that everything is like blooming and coming and the birds are coming back and the animals are coming back out. And like, we have this crisis and yeah. we're like staying inside and hunkering down mm-hmm. um, and people are dying. I mean, I hate to put it that way, but that's what's happening. And there was even, I just saw a picture, I think on Reddit of um, a fox laying near the Golden Gate Bridge because there was no one around. And so it's almost like animals are coming back into these spaces. Mm -hmm. And I find that I think people are going back outside too because there's nothing else to do. Like you can't go anywhere. So you might as well go outside. So not to be woo-woo, but it's like people in nature reconnecting. Yeah. I love that. I think it's wonderful too. Yeah. And like you see all these pictures of like, in Venice, the like canals yes. are clear, and you can see the bottom, and you can yes. see the fish, like and the swans came back, yeah. Like the earth is healing while yes. we're yes, and there's no pollution in the skies in China. Yeah, like crazy. Yes, and it's only been a couple of weeks, yep. you know. So like, it just kind of shows we gave that. Mother Nature a breather. Yeah, literally, yeah. she can breathe now. <sighs> and I'm grateful for you, listener. <laughs> hey, listener. <laughs> Oh my god, my kids have a book that it's Mo Willems, one of his books, uh-huh. Elephant and Piggy, and it's called the mm-hmm. Thank You Book. Mm-hmm. And like the whole time, like Piggy goes through and is like thanking all these like mm-hmm. the characters from the book, and like Elephant Gerald is like, "You're forgetting someone. You're forgetting someone." And at the very end, they thank the reader for like reading Aww. their books because, and it says like, "Without you, we wouldn't be us." Oh, that's so cute. And that's I feel like that's like a good lesson to teach little kids. You yeah. know, like you got to be thankful for the people who are there for you. That's me. I'm thankful for you. 
person listening. Um, and I want to let you know that you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BioPsychPod. You can find us on Facebook. And if you like what you heard, you p- can please help us out by giving us a five-star review. And also tell all your friends. And tell all of your friends. Oh, my God. Tell your... Um, what did we talk about today? Tell your gynecologist. <laughs> tell your... Uh, psychotic neighbor. Yeah. Tell me. Put it up on with the the neighbor app that you (laughs) (laughs) put put our podcast up on next door. Yeah, next door. Be like, guys, today outside I saw a new podcast called Biopsychosocial. You can be like the people in Italy and shout it from the balcony of your apartment. There you go. Maybe with your guitar. Like put it to a song. Or you can just like put a big speaker outside and play us. Yeah. That would be horrible for everyone. Yeah. But anyways, um, I hope you're taking care of yourself and staying sane. Remember to do something nice for yourself. We love you. You're beautiful. You're kind. You're smart. You're funny. And that shirt looks good on you. Nice job picking it out. (laughs) See you next time. Bye. I mean, talk to you next time. Bye.